foyer. So if you're still in the foyer, hear my voice. It's wonderful that you're having conversations. I will start calling people out by name if I have to. I can see them. Should I do it? <laughs> I won't do it. If you're in the foyer, church is starting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's good. It's good that we're fellowshipping together. That's what we've come here to do this morning. We've come to fellowship together, and we've come to worship our Lord together. Before we get into our service, though, I have some important announcements this morning. First off, everybody's favorite day of the year is today. After church today is our annual meeting. Woohoo! Yeah! Apparently, I'm the only one in this room who likes meetings. That's okay. It's okay. So, the annual meeting this afternoon is going to be at approximately 1 o'clock following the service. So, if you want to go home and have lunch, you can. However, you'll be missing out on a chili cook-off in the gym, which everybody is invited for. Okay, so hear me clearly. You can go home if you want and be back at one for the annual meeting. But there is a chili cook-off going on in the gym after the service, which is a fundraiser for our friend Natalie, who went to church here, who, who is going on a missions trip here in a few months. And so we're doing a fundraiser for her. And I've been given a list of some of the competitors in the chili cook-off. I'm not going to tell you any of the names. I'm just going to get you hyped with some names of the types of chili that will be on display. We have mother's chili. There's none like it. That's none as in like a Catholic nun, okay? There's none like it, okay? We got buckaroo baked bean chili. There's best in the West. Super Bowl chili gets you ready for watching maybe your favorite team or maybe cry a little bit that your team didn't make it to the Super Bowl, okay? We got Mexican white chicken chili. Harvest special. I don't know, maybe somebody planted beans this year and they're making it with their own beans. I don't know. I didn't even know beans grew in Saskatchewan, but I'm just a BC boy. I don't know anything. Okay, the great white north special. Disciples delight chili. 911 chili. Oh, 911 chili. I don't know if we have any on duty, duty firefighters still in our church here, but we might need to use them. We got Airbnb chili, which doesn't mean that you get to live in the chili for a night if you pay $100, but it stands for Air, Beef, and Beans. Okay, Airbnb. And finally, the 10 chili commandments. I don't know what they are, but maybe they're spelled out in the beans. Okay, so. Get excited for that. That's going to be before the annual meeting, right after the service. We are also still looking to fill the position for the missions trip leader. Okay, we need to fill this position for the leader of the trip to Thailand by the end of this month. So if you've been praying about it, if you've been considering taking on this role, make sure that you talk to Mabel before the end of the month. And it is a leap year, so you have one extra day to think about it, but... Get to her before then if you feel like the Lord's calling you to do that. August 1st to 3rd, we're planning far in advance this time. I don't know if this has been done before, but save the date for a family camp, okay? A church family camp, a Bridgeway family camp at West Bank. 
August 1st to 3rd, save the date for that. Guess Who's Coming for Supper is happening again on March 2nd. And so sign up for that by February 25th at the office. Senior Moments is happening again on February 20th. And so make sure you sign up for that at the office counter as well. And the final announcement this morning, tonight at 7 o'clock back here at the church, following all these wonderful chilies, following the annual meeting, 7 o'clock we're going to be having our second paideia class this evening at 7. We're going to be going into what the Bible is, where it came from, and looking at why we trust it today. Okay, so that's tonight at 7 p.m. I'll pass it over to our worship team. Will you please stand as I read the call to worship? The focus of our service this morning is about taking the gospel out to others by pursuing people. In light of this, our call to worship this morning comes from Isaiah 6, 1-8, which is the passage where Isaiah has a vision of the Lord and was sent out to do the Lord's work. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. Give my life to fall. 
songs of forgiveness, drowning out the Amazon rain. The song of Asian believers, filled with God's holy fire. It's every tribe, every tongue, every nation, love song born of a grateful heart. It's all God's children singing glory, glory, hallelujah.
place with songs again of our God who reigns on high by his grace again Good morning, everyone. Oh, outward focus. Reaching people beyond ourselves as we move through the discipleship process that you would have seen for the past few weeks. We were making the rounds from someone who encounters God and loves God with respect and adoration. And as, as a disciple moves through this process, they encounter the body of Christ, the church family. And they find a support system designed by God to help you in this life. Pastor David last week talked about teaching, instruction, and observance of God's word. That's the practice of our faith. Not simply observing it and experiencing it emotionally, but now putting in the work to truly know God by pursuing him through his word and becoming obedient to it. But friends, after that pursuit of God, something happens. Maturity. We read about in the scriptures, we did in Colossians, about making mature disciples. What sets apart a mature disciple from someone who's simply a worshiper, a member of the family, or a student of God's word? A mature disciple is an outward-focused disciple. They are a discipler of someone else. This week, brand new lights were installed in the gym. Very soon, you were going to be eating chili under the lights. And the lights were installed by two people, one a little older and one a little younger. You might remember a few weeks ago, I talked about the journeyman and the apprentice. Well, I don't know whether one of them is a journeyman or one's an apprentice, but I can tell you from watching them put up the lights, there is something to be said about one who has more experience training someone who is learning and growing in their craft and in their skill. As disciples of Jesus, I imagine him saying to them, come with me. Come live with me, come walk with me, come learn from me. And at first, they would know next to nothing. And they would simply follow him. They would live with him. They'd become friends with him and develop a relationship with him. Those different disciples, the 12 apostles and the other ones that follow, and they become friends with God as they develop this connection, this relationship. 
They become worshipers as they live with Jesus, as they leave their families and leave their jobs to be followers of him. And then you see moments where these disciples start to lean on each other. Moments when the storm comes and the boat begins to shake. Moments when the demons are getting pulled out of people. Moments when bread is multiplied for thousands of people. Moments when they're afraid. Moments when they're struggling. Disciples needed each other. And Jesus says this as he prays for them. As he's getting ready at that last supper to go be the sacrifice on the cross. What does he pray? That they would be one. And of course, Jesus, throughout his ministry, not only instructed the disciples on his own teaching, but he even brought them into the practice of it. He taught them the parables. He taught them through signs and wonders. And then what? He sends them out. You practice. How do we pray? Well, I'll teach you how to pray. Now go pray with other people. Eventually, Jesus says, it's time for me to go. And you imagine the shock to these poor young guys. Could have been the same age as someone like Pastor David. Just young. How on earth were they going to carry on this huge work that Jesus has started? And he says, you're going to have my Holy Spirit. And I've shown you what I need to show you. You can do this. So I imagine these lights being installed in the gym And I witnessed it. There was moments when the younger guy said to the older guy, they're up on their two scissor lifts, and he says, I don't quite know how to do this. How exactly should I accomplish this? It's not connecting. And the older one says, try it this way. And he tries it, and it works. But there comes a point where the older one, saying the example of the journeyman and the apprentice, there comes a point when the apprentice needs to know how to do it on his own. Because I've never been an apprentice of a journeyman in a trade like that, but I would guess that the hope is not to be an apprentice for the rest of your life. The hope is that you will use the tools, you will observe, and then one day you will be able to do, work out the skills and the trade without him present. So as Jesus says, I'm leaving, this is yours now, they became the carriers of the mission. The journeyman says the apprentice, you've learned You have the skills, you have the tools, I gotta go, this is you now. And off goes the book of Acts in the Bible. These young apprentices with the power of God learning how to do this on their own. What would happen to an apprentice that never learns the skill or the craft or the trade? An apprentice who's just happy to come watch. I'll just watch. And the journeyman says, here's the tools, why don't you try? I'm just really here to watch and observe and get paid 40 bucks an hour probably because there's good money in the trades and I'll just watch you, you do the installation. No, the journeyman says, here's the tools, put the thing together, put the light up. And if you've had him for five years and he still doesn't know how to install the light, you're finding another apprentice. He's hitting the road. So why in church do we become complacent and maybe even accepting of half-developed Christians and disciples. People who love worshiping God, maybe appreciate and love the church family, but their practice of their faith is minimal at best, and they've never developed maturity. But at least they come. I'm here to say we can push beyond that. 
to the point where each person in our family is a capable journeyman, capable of knowing and obeying the word of God, capable of being a discipler themselves, outward focused. Because I think, I see in the Great Commission in Matthew, that we were supposed to go out as disciples and train the next disciple. We were meant to become the journeyman and go find an apprentice, not remain the apprentices forever. Friends, that, I believe, is where you start to see the shift to maturity. As I was reading Colossians the other day, I hit this passage, and I remember this, from chapter 1. Listen to these three verses. To them, Paul is saying, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So that's the revealing of Jesus to people. Then the next verse he says, Him we proclaim, we warn, and we teach everyone with all wisdom. So then, it's not just a revealing of Jesus, but it's instruction. But what's the end goal? That we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this, he says, I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. That's the goal. Maturity. Not just wisdom and teaching for the sake of teaching, Maturity. Friends, this Sunday, being outward focused, it fits so beautifully that Compassion Canada is here to talk about their ministry. And Lamuel is going to be coming up soon to talk about compassion. And then he's going to preach out of the word of God for us. Thinking outside of ourselves. So here's all I have to say about that. Two things to close. The first one is this. Outside of our faith, outside of our building, outside in our community, are some of the nicest, most caring and loving people I've ever met. I love the people in this city. And so many of them don't know the hope of Jesus. They don't know that hope. We as journeymen, can go out into our community and share hope with them. We don't have to be their judge and jury. We don't have to be finger-waggers at them. We don't need to try to get them to stand to our moral standard. They just need to come to know our Jesus first. Know the hope that we have and the salvation in Jesus, the love that he's extended to us through his sacrifice. And then one day, if they choose to pursue Jesus as an apprentice then they can come and learn all of the things we can teach them about holiness and godliness until they too become journeymen. But if we don't develop a heart for sharing this with other people, how will they know? Living their entire lives without hope. Searching for purpose and identity and meaning and struggling to find it because outside of Jesus, I believe any, anything you attach your life to is fleeting and it falls apart eventually. Family is the thing I love the most. Well, family falls apart. I am the thing I love the most. Well, you fall apart. I attach my identity to my work. Well, jobs end. I attach my identity to my purpose to fill in the blank. 
That's where we believe that Jesus is the thing that we attach our hope and our identity and our purpose to. The second thing is this. Not only do the people outside of our faith and outside in our community need to know Jesus, friends, there are apprentices here in this room looking for a journeyman. There are young disciples here in this room looking for someone to train them and build them up and equip them. And I'm not saying young just in age. There's people in our church family who need someone to come alongside them, whether they're in youth group, whether they're my age, whether they're older than that. They need a journeyman to say, I will come with you. I will pray with you. I will read the Bible with you. I will encourage you. You need help with your family? I will be there. You need help with your work? I will be there. You need someone to pray for you? I will be there. And the journeyman comes alongside the apprentice. So for you, for me, if we are the mature disciples, then we can start looking for those who we can disciple, those we can pour into. And if you're someone in the church family that says, I am the apprentice, I am the someone who needs someone to come alongside me and walk with me, then where's your journeyman? Are they sitting in the room somewhere? I have a mentor in our church. I have someone that comes and meets with me regularly, prays with me, and I talk about my family and my marriage and my faith in God. Someone to look after me. I have someone who I'm training under. But if we don't have eyes to look and see, then there might be people who are struggling in our church family for years in their faith without that person to pour into them and then to see them grow. Friends, start to look. Start to look for the people. Let's become outward focused. Let's not get drawn just into ourselves, but let's look around in this room and outside of this room to people who need to be poured into. One of the ways that we're going to do that this year is by increasing, hopefully, how much we talk about encourage people to get into Bible studies and life groups. If you are someone who is interested about joining a Bible study or a life group, come talk to me or come talk to Patricia in the office. We want to help get more people into Bible studies if they desire to be in one. If you just want someone one-on-one to spend time with, then look for that person in the church. I encourage you so much to consider that. Even things like helping with our local outreach projects. Remember Taylor Jance is doing her sports camps at the comp during school break? She's still looking for two people to help do lunches. She has a team of 10 volunteers, and she's asked if we can help make lunch for her volunteers. Just a simple way of loving people outside of yourself. It's beautiful. Some of you might be able to help with this. She's looking for someone to do lunch on the 21st of February and someone to make lunch on the 22nd. You would serve it here at the church for 10 people. Simple, beautiful, small way to show love to someone else, to encourage a young lady who is trying to reach our community with the hope of Jesus. Come talk to me if you could help with something like that. The last thing that we're going to try this year, and I hope you get excited about it, I think of it as the journeyman project. My sister called it adult 4-H. So adult 4-H is a little funnier, so you might appreciate that. Skill sharing. You might be someone in our church family who has a skill that you can share with somebody else. Maybe 
you are skilled at working with different trades. Maybe you are skilled uh, with something at home. And or maybe you make really good gluten-free bread like my wife. Who knows what your thing is? But if you have something that you can share and pour into people, then we want you to come to myself or Patricia at the office, and we're going to take a list of different people who can teach and train and equip. Maybe your skill is working with wood. Maybe your skill is farming. Maybe your skill is something quilting. And if there's someone in our church who says, I've always wanted to learn that, I would love to learn more about that. Then we can partner them with you and you can spend time developing that skill together. It doesn't have to be overly spiritual. You can just spend time working on a skill together. It's creating an outward focus, right? So if you want to be part of that journeyman project, come talk to me. I'm so excited about the future of our church family. I see so many people in our church family who have a desire to reach other people. That gives me so much hope. I'm going to call the worship team to come back up. They're going to lead us in a few more songs. And then Lamuel is going to come up and talk about the ministry of compassion. I know that some of you have compassion children already that you sponsor. It's an exciting ministry. Let me pray. And then we'll worship and sing again together. Father in heaven, Thank you, Lord Jesus, for how you are developing outward-focused people, disciples in our church family who have a burden and a heart to see other people grow. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, that our faith is not just inward-focused, just developing ourselves and developing ourselves, but you have said to us, go and make a disciple. Go and train someone. And I thank you for how your spirit has placed that love and that passion in so many in Bridgeway. Oh, Father, I pray that you would connect different people in our church family, those who want someone to walk alongside them and someone else who is ready to walk alongside. Would you bring different people together to support one another? Father, would you help us to form new Bible studies for people who want to grow spiritually and practice their faith and they want to do it in community? Father, would you place a burden on our hearts to go reach our city with the hope of you? Thank you, Father, for the hope and possibility through your Holy Spirit in this body. Thank you for this morning and the chance to worship you, to love you, to revere you. You are holy, 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 set apart from all others. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you please stand as we continue to sing?
very fear Our Prince of Peace Drawing us near Jesus our hope Living for all who will receive We believe This next song will be quite familiar to you guys. It is Go Tell It on the Mountain, which not only is a Christmas song, although there is a lot of snow outside, but it is also a song that speaks about spreading the gospel to everyone, which is why we chose to sing it this morning. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and Shepherds kept their watching for silent flocks by night. Behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. Go gathered on the mountain, over the hills and Lemuel and I met a few months ago, and he shared about his passion and his heart for compassion. And we lined it up for him to be able to come and share, and he's even going to preach from God's word. So thank you, Lemuel, for being here. Uh, how about a round of applause to welcome you here to our church family? Thank you. Thank you very much, Pastor. And thank you for the worship team. Jesus is the hope for the nation, and go tell it on the mountain. It's a lot of things so, <laughs> thank you very much. God is good. 
all the time. God is good. Oh, praise the Lord. So before I start, uh, let me share a small story. There was a pastor called Steve, and he, he started his preaching in the church in Canada. In the middle of the service, pastor's wife, at the end of the door, kept a board called K-I-S-S. Some of the people at the backside of the, the, the bench and saw, they were worried why pastor's wife kept the name called K-I-S-S. So at the end of the service, many people went to the pastor's wife and asked, why did you keep the name called K-I-S-S? She said, keep it short, Steve. <laughs> so it's a reminder for me, Keep it short, Lamuel. <laughs> so thank you, Pastor, for sharing the word and uh, looking outside. So thank you very much. So let me introduce myself before I just get into the God's word. My name is Lamuel. I am not a Canadian. I am an Indo-Canadian. So I am only one year, less than one year old in Canada. I am from India and... Uh, Last year, I just came as an immigrant to here to serve the Lord and to work here. I worked in Compassion India office for more than 17 years over there, looking at the poverty, working with children in poverty, and doing a lot of work over there. If you want to know more about Compassion India work, please get back to me. I'll be happy to share about what is poverty. And I'm married. My wife's name is Shiny. And I am blessed with two kids. My daughter's name is Johanna. She's 13 years old, and I have a son. Two years, six months, he's my COVID blessing. His name is called Jordan. When he was born, even I was not allowed because of the COVID in India. So this is my thing. So last year, I just came to Canada. I was really blessed by you all. I praise God for it. When I landed in Canada, when I looked at outside the airport, it was full of snow. And me and my wife looked at each other and uh, we were just speaking to eyes each other and just thinking whether we have taken a right decision to come to Canada. Because in India, it's plus 50. Plus 50 means if you open an egg on the road, it, it can boil on the road itself. But now in Canada, if I open an egg, it's getting freezed up. <laughs> so, so now, but I praise God, I'm enjoying this weather, but only one thing that worried driving in the winter climate. In India, when we drive a car, we have our own rules. If, if there's a stop sign, we won't stop, we'll run. If there is no stop sign, we'll stop. So maybe if you have your uh, YouTube, you can go and type India traffic, you'll know all the animals will be on the road. While we're driving at the 50, there will be a cow passing by nearly. So there's a dog crossed by. So that's India. But here, rules plays a major role. Already I got two to three tickets. <laughs> I paid it. I went to the court. I said, my Lord, please forgive me. I am a new immigrant. Then the judge said, you need to follow the rules. So I started following the rules on yield sign, stop sign, and all the things. So I'm very happy on that. <laughs> OK, 
Okay, so I would like to divide my sermon into two parts. So I have my clock running here, don't worry, I'll, I'll be on time. So already I, I've lost four minutes, so okay. So I would like to divide my sermon into two parts. Last month I was praying for this church, Lord, what do you want me to share to Bridgeway Community Church? Lord, what do you want me to share to the Bridgeway community? Recently, I'm doing a meditation on the questions that Jesus asked the people when he was on the earth. Do you know how many questions Jesus asked? Any guess? Do you know how many questions Jesus asked while he was on this earth? I'm just writing a book on the questions that Jesus asked. Jesus asked 151 questions while he was on this earth. For each question, you can see how the general public has given reply to Jesus and how Jesus replied to them. So I was thinking, I was praying to God, Lord, can I take two questions and share to the Bridgeway Community Church? And I was praying, but God gave me a different chapter to share with you. So... Firstly, I'm going to share what God has given word to you. Secondly, I'm going to switch over to what is compassion. I know today I'm, I was very happy to meet many sponsors who just visited table and said, Lamuel, I'm a sponsor. I'm sponsoring two kids. I'm sponsoring three kids. I was so excited. So first of all, on behalf of compassion, I would like to thank all the sponsors and the church members for allowing Compassion to come back again and special thanks to Pastor Darren for allowing Compassion to come and share here. I praise God for it. So the first part, what God has given to me. So I'm going to share Psalm chapter five, the full chapter. I don't know whether you've, you've read Psalm chapter five. It's a familiar Psalm that you can go back also, you can read the Psalm. Psalm chapter five. So. Psalm chapter 5 speaks about the prayer of David. Usually, the prayer means, always, prayer means, in the prayer, we pray for a petition, or we lament, or we praise God. Here, David, when you look at the psalm, he did a prayer. Before, can I move the PowerPoint, please? The next, next slide to next slide, please. Okay, next slide. Next slide. So the key verse for us will be verse 11 and 12. If, you, if, you, if someone can able to read the verse, Psalm chapter 5, verse 11 and 12 is a key verse. Verse 11 says, but let all those that put their trust in the Lord rejoice. Let them ever shout to joy because thou defendest them. Let them also love thy name in joyful. For thou, verse 12, for thou, Lord, will thou bless the righteous with favor, with thou compass, with the shield. The topic for today's message will be, Lord will bless the righteous. The background of this psalm, if you can see it, if you see, David was running for his life. His own son, Absalom, was chasing David to kill David. If you, if you go to the Old Testament, if you read 1 Samuel chapter 17, you can see Absalom is, is chasing David to kill him. 
Here, if you see this psalm, if you want to go deeper into it, you, you need to read Psalm chapter 3 and 4 and 5. So these three psalms written together. If you go to the commentary, the Bible commentary, it says clearly, Psalm 3, 4, and 5 written together. So David was running for his life. David didn't have sleep in the nights. If you see Psalm chapter 3 and verse 5, you can see David slept nicely and wrote the psalm. If you read Psalm chapter 5 and verse Five, verse 3, you can see David gets up early morning and writes a psalm. So I'm going to divide this psalm into three parts. I'm going to divide this psalm into three parts. I'll leave this PowerPoint to you. Maybe if you go home, maybe the church can share this point, so PowerPoint to you. You can go deeper into it and learn. So I'm going to, as I said, I'm going to divide this psalm into three parts. First, verse 1 to 7, the second part will be verse 8 and 9, and the third part will be verse 10, 11, and 12. The first part, if you see, verse 1 to 7, David prays, David asks God, Lord, can you listen to me? Secondly, David prays to God in verse 8 and 9, Lord, can you lead me? And if you read, Verse 10, 11, and 12, here David asked God, Lord, can you legislate for me? So as I said earlier, I have divided this psalm into three parts. Here is a prayer of David. Lord, listen to me. Lord, lead me. Lord, legislate for me. So I've divided the 12 verses into three parts. Verse 1 to 7 verse 8 and 9, and verse 10, 11, and 12. So if you read verse 1 to 7, I can see here David asks, Lord, what do you want me to listen from David? Here, if you read verse 1, here David asks God, Lord, can you give yes to my words? O Lord, consider my meditation. Secondly, if you see verse 2, Lord, hearken unto my voice and my cry. And thirdly, verse 3, if you see, my voice shall thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct my prayer unto thee and look up. Our everyday life, our prayer will be in these three points. Lord, can you listen to me? Lord, can you lead me? Lord, can you legislate for me? So if, if whenever we pray, Lord, can you listen to my voice? I'm crying. If you see the Old Testament, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and different prophets in the world, whenever they pray, Lord, Lord is listening. Lord is listening. So Lord always hears our prayer, but he knows what best to give to us. In that point, God is listening, but God knows at that point, he wants David to take rest. He wants David to take rest. Secondly, David asks, Lord, can you hearken unto my voice? And thirdly, our praise. And if you see the second point, Lord, what, what David want God to listen? Here, if you see, three, three yes. 
David wants God to listen to his situations. David wants God to listen. There are sinners around him. And thirdly, David wants God to listen to worship in his sanctuary. So as I previously said, I divided into three parts. First one, listen to me. David wants God to listen to him. Listen to situation, listen to sinners, listen to the worship in his sanctuary. And secondly, so I'm just, just giving my points, I'm just rushing because of my time. Secondly, David wants God to lead him. Why God wants David to lead him? So, if you read verse 8, Lead me, O Lord, in the righteousness, because of my enemies make my way before my face. Many a times, whenever we are in office, whenever uh, surrounding, we are surrounded with enemies. Sometimes we just went in the early morning, when, whenever we go to God, we ask God, Lord, can you lead me? Can you make my way straight? I don't know what is happening around me, Lord. Like David, we used to pray, Lord, can you lead me? If you read verse 8, Lord, lead me in the righteousness because my enemies make thy way straight before my face. And thirdly, David asked God, Lord, can you legislate for me? If you read verse 10, 11, and 12, you can read, Lord, can you speak on behalf of me? Many a times whenever we go and stand before our manager, before our boss, sometimes when we go and attend the interview, we'll pray, Lord, can you speak on behalf of me? I'm truthful, Lord. Can you legislate for me? So today, I'm just wind up my message. Three things. Our prayer always, we want, Lord, can you listen to me? Lord, can you lead me? Lord, can you legislate for me? So, praise God. I'm going to switch over now. So, switch over to compassion. Can we play the first video, please? Compassion is working around the world to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. But how exactly does it work? Well, to begin with, we love Jesus. We love the church. And we love children. Everything we do flows from there. Compassion partners with more than 8,000 churches worldwide. Churches who are already ministering to families living in poverty. The staff and volunteers at these churches know the needs in their communities because they live there too. Compassion staff get to know these churches and talk with them about how we can complement what they're already doing. We offer training, financial resources, and curriculum to help expand and deepen their impact. These partner churches then reach out to families in their communities, inviting children to be part of what we call a child development center. Activities at the center are designed to encourage physical, mental, social, emotional, and spiritual growth. Many of these churches start at the earliest stages of development, coming alongside pregnant moms to help them have a healthy pregnancy and delivery. Staff from the center visit new caregivers and their babies at home to check on their health and equip them with the resources they need to thrive. As children get older, they attend activities at the Child Development Center. 
Staff and tutors there get to know children personally and help them through challenges at school and at home. As children become teenagers, they learn skills that will help them be successful in life, like vocational skills and how to have healthy relationships. Churches also support parents and caregivers to improve stability at home. They may offer classes that promote literacy, healthy discipline, and skills to earn an income. Churches also identify specific problems that hinder child development and work with compassion on solutions like sourcing clean water, providing mosquito nets, building latrines, and constructing classrooms at the church. All community activities vary from church to church because the challenges are unique to each community. When children in the program face urgent medical needs or their communities are affected by disaster, they don't have to wait for help. The church is already there, identifying needs and working to bring relief, recovery, and healing, all while carrying the message of eternal hope in Jesus. Throughout this journey, Compassion invites supporters to connect with what these churches are doing by investing in children's development financially and relationally. Together, we are a team that surrounds these children and youth. We invite you to join these churches as they help children become all that God has created them to be. So this is Compassion. So Compassion works only with church. Compassion doesn't work with any individual organization or anything. Compassion work only with church. Compassion talks about three C's. Compassion is Christ-centered, child-focused, church-driven. Compassion speaks about the sin. The root cause of poverty is sin. Always compassion is Christ-centered. So whenever we work with a frontline church partner in all global, Compassion works in 28 countries where the poverty is stricken. Compassion works in Asia, Compassion works in Northern Latin America and Kenya and various places. So Compassion is Christ-centered, child-focused and church-driven. I was born and brought up in a poverty. So I'm, we, uh, my parents has five children, I'm the third one. We are born in poverty, grew up in poverty, I can boldly say. Because one of the person like you who sponsored me, I have taken three times of food. I can share many a times, there are times without food, we drank water and slept. Because of compassion, because of someone in the world who have not seen me, <laughs> donated me something where I can have three times food, a good, good cloth, if I'm sick, I can go to hospital. That's the reason I'm standing here advocating for children in poverty and request you, can you love one more? Because a $47 per month can change a life of a kid. $47 per month can take the medical need of a child. $47 a month can get a, a basic clothes to wear a dress. So, 
I'm depending upon you. I know about Canada. You believers are the great people who supports the nations. So compassion depends upon you all. Without you, compassion cannot exist. So whenever you travel to any countries like Mexico or Asia, you can see the local church is at work, not compassion. You won't see compassion name over there. Compassion is like a bridge between the sponsor or a donor to the local church. Before I just proceed, I'll just play one more video for you, uh, Life Restored from Uganda. My grandfather used to say, God is with us, and God will always be with us. Every time that we had the Laws Resistance Army or the LRA, we are in a village, it was fear. The fear of being abducted and being trained to become child soldiers. I was very afraid. were burnt to the ground. I felt hopeless. No food, no water. It sent me into silence. My grandfather would say, you gotta hold on. God will never change, and he will always be with you. My grandfather used to give us candy for memorizing Bible verses. It gave me hope. When the war intensified, my grandfather looked at me and said, you have changed and I don't want you to forget that you still have a future. And uh, with that, he put me on a bus to travel to the capital city, Kampala, to live with my mother. <laughs> Kampala was very different for me. There was a lot of noise. My mother did not share much about her life because she had her own struggles. But I remember this Saturday, she woke me up and she said, I'm taking you to church. I saw children laughing. I had no idea what was going on, but I knew this was a good thing. And my life was forever changed. That same month, I got a letter from my husband and wife. And the letter said, they loved me. And at that moment, I knew that things would be different, that God was with me. I received my first pair of shoes, a mattress to sleep on, 
and the love and support of the program staff, and I had hope that everything would be okay. Growing up, my Compassion sponsors encouraged me and continually spoke truth into my life. We will do anything in our power to release you from poverty in Jesus' name. The Compassion Project became a place of healing and restoration. It was a place of refuge for me. I got medical care, I got an education, and it became a great reminder of the Jesus that my grandfather introduced me to at the age of five. If you're thinking about sponsoring a child, I would say act, sponsor a child. Because for me, my life was forever changed. And you can do that too. Thank you. There are more olives, real kids are there on the table. Before I just complete, I have five more minutes to go. Uh, two months back, uh, me and my family, we were having dinner at DQ uh, in Regina. I stay in Regina. Dinner. So we just, I just paid, paid the bill and just we were sitting at the table. I asked my daughter, you know how much the bill? She said, uh, it's, it's uh, $48, she said. Then I, I, I started explaining about compassion to her. And I said, my dear daughter Johanna, the 47 or 48 dollars, what we eat, it's a one-time food for us. For a compassion child, this 47 dollars is a one-month food, clothing, shelter, and medical needs. So from that time, she has sacrificed one outing meal. I'm preparing a good burger at home. She's eating good food, but she started writing letter. So my dear believers, I may ask you, request you, can we sacrifice two Starbucks coffee? I know coffee is the integral part of Canada. Two coffees of Starbucks and pay $47 per month so that the, a child who's in poverty can have a three times food, a shelter without rain or sun, and a medical need. So. I'm just giving, so I just brought 20 kids. These 20 kids are now at this point praying that that child will get a, get a sponsor. The reason why I'm requesting is because of the situation of the world. Sometimes whenever I sleep, God has given me a good bed. God has given me a good house. God has given me good food. But in the down, when you go to the Latin America or any other place, Internal wars are happening in Ukraine and various places. Children are dying. They, they don't have life for tomorrow, to be honest with you. In Sri Lanka, very, inflation is very high. But compassion is walking extra mile. But in each community, we can recruit only 250 students because we don't have big sponsors to sponsor. But the other children in the community, they also want food where the local church cannot close the door for children. They're opening up the doors 
for other children also to come and eat in the project and to get a sponsor. That's the reason we are, get, we are getting more children to the churches like this and requesting you all, can you consider, can you love one more of a child so that the child will get, I'm, I'm challenging you, just pick up a child and sponsor three to four to five months, each month is $47 and see how God is blessing you. How God is blessing you. If God is not blessing you, you can call compassion and you can say, I'm going to drop off the child. We are very happy to take the child to next, next church. But today, 20 child who's there in the table looking at the Bridgeway Community Church, can I get a sponsor from this church? Can I get a letter that says, my dear child, I love you. Those childs requires a pair of shoes, may require a dress, maybe a shelter. So this child looking at you, my dear, my dear believers, please consider, can you love one more and sponsor a child? There are 20 kids. I'm, my prayer for last one week, Lord, when I'm walking out of the Bridgeway Community Church, I need to take 20 sponsors with me and I want these 20 children to be blessed. I'm sponsoring eight kids. Eight kids are affected with HIV AIDS. I don't know how much they'll live, but I'm sponsoring eight kids. I know how God is blessing me abundantly in terms of writing letters to the child, getting letters from the child. I'm enjoying. Praise God. I would like to thank the pastor and the committee for giving us an opportunity to come and share about compassion. I just praise God. Thank you very much. I'll be at the backside. I'm looking forward to meet you. If you want to know more about me, I have my business card. You can call me. I can travel from Regina to here to come and speak about what's happening real, what's happening around the world. God bless and God be with you. Praise God. Over to Pastor. Thank you, Lamuel. He asked me when we met a little while ago if, if I sponsored any kids. And the answer is yes. But I have to be honest, it's mostly Chantel. It was probably a year or two after we got married. Chantel, well, you know, she loves kids. That's what she loves more than anything, it seems like. And she just saw this opportunity to love this young girl. Her name is Rosa. Rosa lives in Mexico. Chantel had went to Mexico on a mission trip when she was younger in high school and in college. She loves that country. Rosa was in kindergarten, just five years old. No dad that had talked about, just a mom who worked day jobs not always employed, and siblings. And we brought Rosa home. So if you've ever been to our house, then you've probably seen a picture of Rosa up on our fridge. Rosa turned 16 this year, if I remember correctly. If you go back and find the original pictures, which we still have them somewhere, I remember this little kindergartner, which again is around the age of my kids now, little kindergartner, and now on our fridge is a teenager. She got to hear stories about our wedding. She got to hear stories and letters about our boys. 
And I hope that it rubs off on our boys. Compassion isn't the only way to love people. There's other ways to love people, but I hope that our boys see that we can love selflessly. Just love that's unearned to someone who could use it. This demonstration of Jesus' love. And I love that God put that inside of Chantel's heart. That wasn't my passion, but she looked at that and thought, that, that's how I want to love people. So compassion has been a part of our family. Yeah, $47 a month. We've done it since she was five to 16 years old. You can do it too, if that's something you love. If there's other things that you love, other ways that you want to serve, then you can serve in other ways. This isn't the only way, but this is a special way for those who are geared like Chantel to love kids. Thank you, Lamuel, for coming. That was beautiful. Psalm 5, do you hear him share about that? Lead me, Lord, in righteousness. Isn't that beautiful? Lord, what is the right way to walk? Will you make that path straight for me so I walk in it? Will you make it straight? That's what he prayed. Maybe God is revealing to me and to us as a family the right way to walk with him. Maybe he'll make that path straight for us. The worship team is going to come on up. They're going to lead us in a closing song. And we're going to pray for our lunch and go enjoy lunch together. Will you please rise as we sing this last song? Lord of my salvation, Savior of my soul, send me out to the world to make you known. Jesus, King of every nation, this world's only hope, send me out to the world to make you known. Send me out. Every time I speak, I want to run to the ones in need. In the name of Jesus, I want to give my life away. Well, for your kingdom's sake, turn a light in the darkest place. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Carry to the brokenhearted, mercy you have shown. Send me out to the world to make you known. To the ones in need of rescue, lead me, I will go. Send me out to the world to make you known. Send me out to the world. I want to be your end and 
Maybe today your heart has been stirred to love a child around the world. Maybe your heart today has been stirred to find someone in our church family who needs support and needs care, and maybe you are going to walk alongside them. Maybe your heart has been stirred today to live a life of witness and mission to other people in our community, in our city, and find a way to show them the hope of Jesus. But my prayer as we close is that your heart is stirred to look towards other people and not just yourself. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I know, Father, from reading in your word that you have a heart for people to know about you, for people to walk with you and find abundant life with you, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light because following you sets us free from chasing after ourselves. Father, thank you for that heart for righteousness, for right living and right walking with you. And I pray for our family, that verse from Psalm 5, lead me, Lord. Lead me to live in righteousness with you. Father, would you direct the hearts and minds of our family here at Bridgeway to love other people as much as we love ourselves. In whichever way your Holy Spirit stirs us to go love people. I want to thank you for this morning and the chance to worship you, spend time with you, and spend time with each other. Thank you, Father, for the lunch that so many people have worked on for us to share together today. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you bless and provide for our church family in so many ways. So thank you for our chili, and thank you for our meeting that we're going to have after 
to discuss our church family. Father, I pray that you would look after us and dismiss us and send us away with your blessing. Be our shield and our salvation. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.